0: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Hello. Hey Greg.
1: Hi, Howard. How are you?
0: Good. You know, just looking over the net schedule. Yeah. Boy, they don't have exactly have a picnic early on, do they?
1: No, no, it's
0: camp. Milwaukee, Philly, Charlotte, Washington, Miami, Indiana. Yeah. Wow.
1: Yeah, it's a tough start.
0: Yeah, they're good enough. How do you think those teams feel about playing the Nets? <laughs>
1: well, I don't know, but uh, they're going to be bloated, that's for sure. But but they'll have to work out all their uh, their rotation issues right then.
0: Yeah, that's what I was going to get to start with All right, we're getting ready to go. Okay. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Howard David Live. We're going to take a bite of the Big Apple today with Greg Logan of New York Newsday, who covers the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, Greg, I was just taking a look at uh, all the additions and subtractions from around the league. Uh, the Nets made one addition that uh, I was particularly high on, and that was the addition of Patty Mills, who who knows what it's like to win, knows what it's like to win big with a championship, and he figures to be a major player at either guard spot.
1: Absolutely. You know, uh, uh, they didn't use their, uh, their taxpayer exception last year, but they used it for Patty Mills this year. Uh, even though it's going to cost him an arm and a leg and uh, luxury tax and, and stuff like that. Uh, but uh, adding him is unbelievable because he's, he's such a great shooter uh, uh, and he can penetrate, he can handle the ball. He can play either guard position and, uh, and having him come off the bench makes them so strong it's it's crazy uh you look at how he played in uh, the olympics with the australian team which finally won a, a bronze medal he scored 42 points in the bronze medal game and when when he spoke to us uh uh shortly after that you know i asked him about you know the way he played with the australian national team and and got more freedom and could score more than he did in the disciplined uh, Spurs offense and he said that uh, that was true, it was two different playing styles and he feels like coming to the Nets that they're going to allow him a a lot more freedom to expand his game and so uh, he feels he's going to be a great fit with the Nets and that they're going to give him the freedom to, to shoot as much as he wants and he he will be another guy who can spread the floor for them and so imagine you've got uh james harden and kyrie irving starting at the guard spots and then you can go to a patty mills off the bench and maybe he'll be on the floor with uh joe harris you know uh who's the top three-point shooter in the league two of the last three years and uh and so it's just going to be very difficult to contain him, and there's going to be no drop-off when he comes onto the floor. And, uh, and, you know, a lot of times they like to stagger the guards, so they might, they might pull uh, Harden early in games, and, uh, and then eventually uh, uh, team Harden and, and Mills in the backcourt. It, it, it's just going to be a wildly good uh, backcourt situation for the Nets this year. You no mentioned about
0: it. you mentioned Joe Harris, a uh, great three-point shooter, but all people want to remember is that he shot 33% uh, from the three-point line against Milwaukee. He obviously, now obviously that was an aberration. That's not Joe Harris. That's not who he is. Whether he's got a hand in his face or he's wide open, I mean, you can count on him to be close to a 50% three-point shooter.
1: Yeah, you know, uh in that series against Milwaukee, uh, they uh really defended him hard. Uh they they had Darew Holiday, uh who was on him uh, in a really tough way and Holiday gets credit for taking him out of his game and uh and that that was a thing uh that really hurt the Nets, especially uh considering that Irving was injured and couldn't play the last three or four games. Harden was compromised. And so defending Joe Harris as well as they did really hurt the Nets offense and, and put the whole uh, burden on uh, Kevin Durant. But uh, earlier this week we, uh, we talked with uh, Steve Nash and uh, uh, the coaches of the Nets and general manager Sean Marks. And Nash said that you know he believes that uh you know he said it was unfortunate that he went cold at the end end of the season but he believes uh harris not only is a high character guy but he's he's very tough he's very physical and he has no doubt that joe's going to rebound from that performance and come back and and play well again for the nets you know it's it, there's a little bit of uncertainty right now about whether he'll start a small forward again because they have uh they've added some some veteran big men so it's possible that Kevin Durant might move to small forward and start there and Harris might come off the bench. Uh so we don't know how that's going to work out. But whatever happens uh you know Joe Harris is just a proven great three-point shooter and uh yeah he he had a tough time in the playoffs against a great defender in Jerru Holiday but uh you know he's they they're not going to give up on him anytime soon uh because he's done so much for them and he gets you know people also wonder about his defense and stuff like that but but he's a tough physical defender who will play you hard and work at both ends of the floor a good rebounder for for his position and uh, uh so he's he's gonna bounce back uh almost certainly and uh and he's 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 still, you know, I mean, he's won the three-point championship uh, shooting percentage championship uh, two of the last three years. So he's going to be very good for them still uh, coming, uh, this coming season.
0: Sean Marks, the general manager, has been busy during the offseason. Uh, he re up Blake Griffin, w- which was uh, expected. Uh, Bruce Brown uh, is back. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge uh, comes back. Which was kind of interesting. Uh, does he ha- uh, does he have to go through a, an extended physical to prove that he's okay?
1: Well, uh, uh, Sean, you know he retired. He played five games for the Nets last year, and then retired when they he discovered a uh, a heart condition. Uh, so so then uh, in the off season, uh, he consulted with the uh, medical team and. A lot of experts, and they told him he was okay to go back. And uh, so he had gone through his own uh, medical protocols. And the interesting thing is, uh, he really wanted to come back to the Nets. He enjoyed his time there with them, and uh, and he told Sean Marks that he felt there was some unfinished business there. So he let him know he wanted to come back. He came back at the veterans minimum, and Sean the other day said uh, that. Uh, he actually tried to talk Aldridge out of it he he said you don't have anything to prove why would you want to come back at, the, at this stage and but he said that the conviction that Aldridge showed about wanting to come back was a, a very uh, convincing thing for the nets and then the nets uh put him through their own uh, medical screening and he and he passed the test uh, with flying colors and so uh he's coming back uh and he's gonna really, really help him he could he could wind up being their starting center, which is what he did for the five games that he played. He started at center uh, rather than power forward and and now now they've got a bunch of big men uh who all can play on the perimeter, all have three point shots and and so they're gonna be able to uh be very versatile and play the type of game they want where where they can spread the floor uh, with five out.
0: He, uh, Aldridge also is a back-to-the-basket uh, performer as well, uh, which adds to his repertoire. And that, But, you know, as you well know, Greg, the big three is about what this is all about. Everybody knows who they are. Everybody expects uh, the injury factor, obviously, is a big key as it was last year. But it's not just for the Nets. It's for everybody in the NBA. Uh, and then... Mark's also – Paul Millsap was an interesting addition. Why did they go there?
1: You know, uh, it, it's funny because in, in the past, when they had Kenny Atkinson as coach, he loved Millsap because he had worked with him in, in Atlanta mm-hmm. before. And uh, and uh, they always – he's always been on their radar. So even though Kenny is long gone, uh, obviously there was still an appreciation for – the, uh, the toughness of Millsap's game and his knowledge and his experience and so on. So, you know, he became a free agent. And, uh, you know, there were not a lot of teams that had a, a lot of money to, to sign guys to big contracts. And, and so when, when you could get a guy like Paul Millsap for the veterans minimum, you know that was just a, a no-brainer for the Nets, uh, and and as far as Millsap goes, he obviously wanted to go to a place where he would have a chance to win, to win a title. He sure. knows he's on the downside of his career, and and he's not going to get the same kind of playing time he's he's used to throughout his career. But uh, but you know here he is with the Nets, and and suddenly they have a uh, a wealth of uh, veteran experience at, at the forward positions, you know, in the front court because not only they, – they lost Jeff Green, who was a great leader in the clubhouse and so on, uh, but he got more money to uh, go to the Nuggets. But, uh, but now uh, the Nets bring in uh, uh, not only Millsap and Aldridge and bring back Blake Griffin, but they also added a, a great veteran in James Johnson – and, uh, and so, uh, you know, I, I actually see them having trouble finding minutes for everybody at the big man spots. And, and Nash admitted, he said, uh, he said, yeah, minutes are going to be tricky is the way he, he characterized it. But uh, he said, when you come to a team like the Nets, uh, you come for something bigger than yourself, and guys know they're going to have to sacrifice. And, of course, you never know. Uh, what the injury factor is going to be and how that might affect uh, playing time and so on. But suddenly they're incredibly deep with uh, great veterans in the front court. And Millsap is is certainly going to be a a huge part of that mix.
0: Millsap enters his 16th season career, 14 point per game scorer, seven rebounds a game. His most productive seasons, though, were with Atlanta, where he averaged 17 points a game and eight rebounds. Uh, But you know what? Steve Nash has got a good problem. Uh, finding minutes uh, for all of these people is a chore, and that m- introduces me to Nick Claxton. He played about 18 minutes a game last year, uh, primarily a center. Um, where does he fit in the mix?
1: You know, there, there was some thinking that when you bring in all these veteran guys, that, you know, uh, it might uh, push uh, Nick to the to the edge of the rotation. And, you know, his playing time actually decreased a little bit in the playoffs last year. Uh, But uh, Nash swears that that Claxton is going to play what he called a prominent role because if you look at the uh, statistics, when Claxton was on the floor, uh, the Nets had a far better defense than they did when he was – not in the game right and so so he makes a tremendous impact because uh you know he's a a mobile big man he's a six eleven, athletic super mobile mobile big man who can guard multiple positions and so uh they're not going to let him just die on the vine you know some people wondered why didn't he play in uh summer league and they questioned uh did he refuse to play in summer league but, you know, he's had some injury issues in the past, and I feel that the, the main reason was that, was that the Nets want to make sure he's healthy. There was no uh, reason to risk him in, in summer league, meaningless summer league games. They want him uh, at, in, in top shape when he goes into the coming season. Uh, and and so, uh, so they held him out of that, and it wasn't really his decision and uh, and so they they must have uh, big plans for him in the future. It still might be a limited role, but it will be an important one because uh, he provides rim protection and and just an excellent uh, defensive player. He's still working on his three point shot, but but that's been a focus of his is to try and and at least improve his three point shooting so that he's uh, not a liability at the offensive end when they want to spread the floor and of course inside he's a very good uh, pick and roll player and he really developed some chemistry with james harden last year in that uh pick and roll game and so so he he can play both ends of the floor and i'm sure they'll find time for him especially because he's young and and gives them a a different look
0: taking a bite of the big apple with greg logan of new york Tuesday covering the brooklyn nets uh most people early on, and training camp opens Tuesday, uh, most people are saying that it's Brooklyn and the Lakers that will meet in the finals. And obviously, we're only in September. It's a bit bit premature. But isn't it kind of curious that who plays the Nets in the first preseason game but the Lakers? Now, I don't expect this to be a preview of the NBA Finals, but it's just coincidental that that they're meeting in the first game on uh, a week from Sunday, I think it is.
1: That's right, and uh, so that'll be it'll be a fun uh, a preview. You know, I mean, it's it's still the preseason. They're not going to use everybody the way they normally would. Neither will the Lakers. Uh, but it'll be a, a good uh, uh, first test out of the shoot, And uh, you know, it's interesting when you look at the Nets roster, uh, including Aldridge, who played just five games last year. They only have eight players back who played on the Nets last year because of all the veteran talent they've added and my god you look at the Lakers roster and they have retooled everything and added a ton of uh, veteran talent and depth to their roster, they're going to have a lot of uh, rotation issues to work out and figure where everybody's going to fit because they have just a a star-studded roster at this stage, Uh, so you know that's going to be a, a very uh, entertaining game and, and you know i'm uh, uh it'll it's just the preseason, but it'll be televised and and uh and uh, it will attract a lot of attention i'm sure uh because those two are definitely are the uh, consensus teams by the odds makers uh to make the finals
0: and then they meet again on christmas day which is always you know, the marquee matchup to the play on Christmas Day is kind of a badge of honor. Uh, but, you, you know, you mentioned this Laker team and how, what a veteran team they are. Some people are saying, well, they're too old. They're not going to be able to survive. And to that, I go, wait a minute. You know, what they've added is a lot of guys. Look, Carmelo Anthony's 37. Dwight Howard's 35. Trevor Reese 35. Uh, I get that. They got a bunch of guys that are, that are a little old in the tooth. But you add a Russell Westbrook who, for my money, I don't think anybody in the NBA plays harder than this guy does. I don't think anybody in the NBA makes more teams' defenses backpedal when he rushes it up the floor like he's capable of doing. And with he and Anthony Davis and LeBron and the rest of this cast, you look at this lineup, and they're going to strike fear into a lot of teams.
1: That's right. You know, uh, uh, I mean, the odds have technically made the Nets the favorite to win the title. But in my mind, uh, putting Westbrook in there with Anthony Davis and LeBron, uh, is unbelievable. And then you add guys like, uh, Carmelo Anthony and all the other veterans that they have, uh, in their lineup. And, uh, I just see them as, uh, as the team to beat because, because they have so much quality experience throughout, up and down the roster. And, uh, you know, it, it it might take a little while for LeBron and Westbrook to work out who's handing the ball for them, but they're gonna get that solved. And uh, and imagine having Westbrook out there running the offense and, and LeBron running the court hmm. and free to move off the ball. Oh my God! You know they're gonna be an incredible team. There's there's no doubt about that. You know nobody should. Uh, uh, you know worry that uh, they're and they take it personal all the jokes about their age and, and being the aarp uh, <laughs> uh, team and and ch- and trying to win the nba aarp title and so on but uh, uh they are really going to be tough there's no doubt about that and uh and i see i see them as the team to be in the league this year.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't disagree. And it's not just those guys. I mean, they added uh, Malik Monk, they've added Kendrick Nunn, Wayne Ellington, Kent Bazemore, they re signed uh, Horton Tucker. Uh, look, they had to give up something. They gave up Kuzma, they gave up Caldwell Pope, they gave up Montrez Harrell. But on balance, and the guys we've just talked about, the veteran guys, these guys are, are playing this season to win now. This is about this year. They're not looking down the road at the future. Carmelo's not going to a title. Uh, you know, these guys want to win a title. I mean, that, that's what, uh, you know, uh, uh, Westbrook has never won a title. These guys are poised to go for the gold
1: now. That's right. And, you know, and uh, LeBron has won titles with three teams. And there's, there's no reason to expect that, uh, you know, he won't win a, uh, yet another title with the Lakers and uh uh so <clears throat> so uh, there's no doubt about that you know the the nets marks said the other day that that uh they're not backing off or shying away from the idea that that they're put together to win a title this year and but you know the lakers are the exact same way there's there's only one reason that all those guys uh went there to join them and uh and so uh, both these teams are are built to win a title, and they're so deep, it's incredible. As as deep as the Nets are, I just feel like the Lakers are even deeper. And uh, uh, and so for both teams, you know, it's just a matter of figuring out, okay, what is the rotation going to be? How are guys going to play off each other? Uh, the season will be a laboratory that they'll use to work out uh, all those issues, but. Uh, you just you just really want both of those teams to be healthy uh, when they reach the playoffs because that's the only thing that can stop either one uh, from getting to the finals, in my view.
0: Yeah, well, Milwaukee wins the title last year, and here we are talking about the Nets, the best in the East. Uh, uh, Milwaukee's still the team to be reckoned with, but I think it's pretty clear to me anyway, Greg, that based on what he did in the playoffs last year, based on what he did at the Olympics, I'm right now saying that Kevin Durant is the best player on the planet. With all due respect to Giannis, he won a championship. That's all true. But I, I think Kevin Durant takes a backseat to nobody.
1: Absolutely. You know, and he proved that in the Olympics, uh, you know, with the dominant performance there. I mean, some people were worried about the U.S. Olympic game. They lost a couple of exhibition games. But but when push came to shove in the Olympics, uh, he he carried our national team. Uh, to the gold medal. There was no doubt about that and and nobody could contain him and then you look at, at couple that with his playoff performance for the Nets he was crazy good uh, for the Nets in the playoffs uh, had a, a couple of 40 point games, you know His the shot he hit at the end of regulation in game 7, I thought they won the game on that shot but <clears throat> You know the the replay showed he had a big toe on the three-point line and so it became a two-pointer that just sent the game to overtime and the nets offense you know fell apart in that overtime but uh except for that overtime you know he dominated uh uh everything in the playoffs for a team that had lost kyrie irving to uh, a severe ankle sprain and there was had a compromise. James Harden, who was playing on a on a bad hamstring, and uh, you know, even Giannis said later that Kevin Durant was the best player in the world. Nobody could handle him. Nobody could stop him. And I think everybody recognizes that at this stage, that uh, it's no longer uh, LeBron James who is viewed as as the top player in the world. It's uh, it's definitely. Uh, Kevin Durant, who is is the dominant player in the world, and and some people even believe uh, that he's the greatest scorer ever in terms of the ease uh, with which he scores and and how he can score from any place on the court. Yep. And nobody can really handle him when he puts his mind to it.
0: Uh, you looked last year at the East, and Philadelphia had the most wins. Uh, I don't see that happening again. I don't know where the Ben Simmons lot saga is going to go uh the, the nets were second then milwaukee was third the knicks were fourth last year with 41 wins they may be as i mean they may even be a little bit better than they were last year but i don't know that's going to get them fourth i think the east has gotten tougher it's gotten deeper miami picks up kyle lowry they're going to be a factor uh, i think boston's going to be better atlanta proved that they're going to be better uh y- you may find indiana charlotte uh, even washington Uh, improved teams. So I think the East is going to be tougher than it's ever been top to bottom. And, you know, I know the Knicks got Kemba Walker, but man, I'd hate to go into every game, keep my fingers crossed that he's not going to go down for the year. I mean, Greg, the guy missed 55 games the last two years.
1: I know, you know, he's, he's definitely had injury issues. There's no question about it. Uh, I just think, uh, you know, he's going to, he's, he's, he's a great player. And, and he's going to be dedicated to taking care of his body. He's very aware of, of the issues that he's faced. But, you know, he's going to be rejuvenated to have the chance to play in front of family and friends. You know, he's from the Bronx and, uh, and you know, dreamed of playing for the Knicks. And so now this is going to be a great opportunity for him. But as you said... Uh, you know all those teams that you mentioned in the east are very very tough i i think actually uh, washington's going to be surprising you're going to be surprised you know what impact spencer Dinwiddie is going to have yes. uh, in the backcourt there with bradley deal and and they're going to be a good team and then you take kyle lowry and put him in that miami roster with jimmy butler and bam Adebayo. you know they're going to be extremely tough much better than last year and so I think there's an argument to be made that right now uh, it's the East conference that's going to be even tougher than the West. And we know traditionally they've been viewed as the toughest conference. But uh, but the East is, is tremendous this year. And uh, yeah, you're right. The, uh, the Knicks are good. I think they're improved but they're going to have a hard time matching that fourth place finish uh, from a year ago.
0: Yeah, well, you get you, you mentioned Washington. Look, they made the playoffs last year. All right, they were they were ousted early on, but they get Kyle Kuzma, Cantavius Caldwell-Pope, Montrezl Harrell, plus Dinwiddie as you mentioned, and Bradley Beal. Um I think that um th- this is going to be a fun team to watch. I I look, I don't think they're a contender to come out of the East but I do see them as a playoff team. And let's not forget Indiana. I mean, you got Rick Carlisle now calling the shots for the Pacers. That's a pretty good team that had a lot of injuries last year. On the assumption they're all healthy, Rick Carlisle will make a difference, and they'll be a factor.
1: That's right. And, you know, he's got a lot to work with in Indiana. When you look at uh, uh, Sabonis and Malcolm Brogdon and, uh, and Karis LaBert, and uh, and guys like that that they have, they're going to be a very tough team, uh, a very tough out. And so that's why, you know, <clears throat> it's interesting. You you look at, at the Nets roster and you think, hey, that, that should be a 60-win team. But I don't know because uh, the night-after-night schedule in the East is going to be very tough. Sure. And with all the teams that you mentioned – you know, it's going to be tough to win more than 55, 56 games uh, in the East, the way I see it, I, and so all those teams are, are going to be uh, excellent uh, this year, and and it's it's going to be a battle every night, you know, within the conference, uh, and and. You know, it, you, you don't know how things are going to come out. I can see I can see some upsets happening in the playoffs for sure.
0: Hey, let's let's not uh, discount the Chicago Bulls. They add DeMar DeRozan along with Levine and Lonzo Ball. They get Alex Caruso from the Lakers, who, who's a junkyard dog, uh, <laughs> and he's a, he was a fan favorite in L.A. Uh, you know, look, I don't think he's a superstar, but he's a nice player to have on your team.
1: Yeah, absolutely. He helps, and I've always. Felt like DeMar DeRozan is one of the more underrated uh, stars in the league. You know, uh, that guy is absolutely, for my money, the best mid-range shooter in the league. And okay, that's not the favorite shot now. That's not the high-value shot. But he's just so good at it, and uh, and he's he's a handful. He's tough to stop. And so uh, that that's a big addition right there uh, for the Bulls. They're definitely going to be in the mix.
0: Yeah, you mentioned uh, Kyle Lowry with Miami and and to play with Butler and Adebayo. Duncan Robinson, read up five years. They pick up P.J. Tucker. Uh, Now, he's not going to score a lot of points, but he's going to stop a lot of people, as we saw in the playoffs.
1: You know, uh, it was funny. Uh, He was so physical with Kevin Durant in the second-round series with the Nets. I mean, he was just... Beating the crap out of Durant at every opportunity, hitting him in the head, you know, bodying him, and so on. And uh, it got it got really rough. And and people were wondering, you know, when are they going to start calling some fouls on this guy? Yeah. And they finally did, you know, toward the end. But he is such a hard-nosed defender. Uh, he adds a tremendous amount of toughness uh, to that Miami team, and and he's he definitely. Uh, Plays on the edge and brings a lot of attitude. Uh, The funny thing is, though, he played his college ball at Texas and knew Durant from Texas, and and they had a a great uh, spirited rivalry. And so when the the uh, series was over, you know, uh, Tucker had some great things to say about Durant, and like it wasn't personal or anything like that. But but uh, and he said they're actually friends but that's what, what brought out the best in him and made that uh, defensive rivalry uh, so tough and so entertaining during the playoffs.
0: Right, real quick, before I let you go, what do you think happens with Ben Simmons? Is I, I don't see him on the Sixer roster, but where?
1: You know, I don't know. There's a, a lot of talk about Minnesota is the team that's interested in him, but that they don't want to give up any superstars to get him. They want to add him to their core, uh, to to get even better, you know. But but Simmons, you know, he is he is obviously uh, determined uh, to leave the Steelers, and he's told hmm. them, you know, he's never going to play another game for them, and because he feels he's been disrespected there, and so it's going to cost him a lot of money in training camp, I'm sure. Uh, but at some point, they're going to have to work something out and just get what they can for him, and I, I think that's what. The Timberwolves are counting on is is that they're just waiting for for the uh, Sixers to cut bait with uh, Ben Simmons because because he ain't coming back. He obviously uh, has a broken relationship with uh, Joel Embiid, and so uh, he wants to get out of there in the worst way. And you know, he's a, he's a tough guy. The slot for some teams because he doesn't have the three-point shot, you know? Yep. And he's a, he's a great ball handler. He's a great scorer, great at getting to the basket and so on. Uh, but, like, uh, the Warriors were considered a place where he could land, but they made it clear he just doesn't really fit their system. And there was a, a, a bogus story about the Nets wanting to trade uh, Kyrie Irving. Nah or uh, Ben Simmons. That was completely made up and uh, there was no way that was ever going to happen. And uh, uh, so anybody who heard that and believed that, you know, don't be misled. That's uh, classic disinformation. Uh, but, you know, I, I think it, it sounds as though Minnesota is the likely landing spot, but you never know. You know, the, the Sixers obviously They want a lot for them, but they're just not going to get it because I don't think the market is there.
0: No. All right, Greg, no more goofing off. Now you're going to get back to work starting Tuesday.
1: That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks again, Greg. Appreciate it. You stay safe. Thank you, Howard. I appreciate it.